everyone, it's Mark here, aka Captain D5 from Oz D5 as well as Not Centralized, and we've got a special guest, Karis. Hey, how are we? Good, how are you? Thanks for coming down to the, to the studio. No, wor- no worries. <laughs> it's a studio, it's a meeting room actually, but uh, yeah, we are here and we're going to talk about a few things that have, uh, yeah, maybe not necessarily been going on in the space, but uh, we, we will talk about uh, um, just what is basically happening in terms of how Karis got into the space and a few more things about like what her thoughts are on the whole crypto DeFi Web3 space. So first question, mm. first of all, actually, I should say congratulations. Happy anniversary for being at Binance for one year. Congratulations. I know. Can you believe it? I think I feel in crypto, is it like dog years? Mm. So it's really like seven years in normal I life. It is, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've I'm due a watch soon, probably from Binance. I mean, I used to get that in Tradfire World, but a few more months and a watch, I think, is just fair. So fair. Lee, if you're watching, you know, <laughs> a watch um, that'd be really good. I actually was just talking to him about <laughs> different watches. There you go. But we have complete opposite tastes in watches, and anyway. That's fine. We'll we'll save uh, the Web Three watch episode for another <laughs> time. But I guess for now, um, if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into the Web3 space, what was that journey like for you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I started investing, and I use that term quite loosely, perhaps betting, um, in crypto around 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. And I think like all of us in the space, we got into it. Well, I can't speak for you, but for Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends, I just got told it by someone else. And so... A friend of mine was kind of screwing around on, on crypto and kind of playing around with BTC markets. And I started to get really, really interested in it. Now, um, to be completely transparent, which I will be this whole podcast. Please. So it's probably just one big liability being recorded. But I just wanted to make money. I just thought, great, I've invested in equities. I've done, you know, funds. I've done, um, you know, international equities. Like this just felt like the next step. And because it was so volatile and I was, you know, in my mid twenties, I was like, what do I have to lose? So I just started investing in that. And then from there actually managed to not, not time the market to its, its perfect peak, but I pulled out, um, like probably towards December, 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I, I definitely missed like a real big run. Um, but I started to get really nervous because I still distinctly remember this and now I'm, ta- I'm on a tangent, but I'm, I'll keep going. Love I, a tangent. Love a tangent. So it was Saturday morning, I've gone down to my local coffee shop and I started to hear all these kind of older guys talking about crypto yeah. and, um, you know, car salesmen and oh, kind of wow. like this okay. kind of jazz and they're like, yeah, you've got to get in, you've got to get in. And I was like, fuck, I'm getting out. Like this is, I got to get out. This has gone way too mainstream. This was just a bit of fun at the time. And so I actually, um, I mean, DYOR obviously all the time, but that was one of the points where I was like, this is now getting really kind of bubbly. Yeah. Um, and I felt which is ridiculous because I didn't even know that much at that point, but I just felt like, oh my gosh, if the, and there's no disrespect to car salesmen. Some of them are very lovely. Shout out to car salesmen out there. We know a few. Yeah, exactly. But I just felt like, oh, it just was this temperature check where I was like, I've got to get out. And so I pulled out and then I also invested in a bunch of shit coins. Like, let's be honest. I think we've all done that. We've all, as I said, paid our tuition, but yeah, I started to get really interested in, 
in it. And so when it flipped the other way, I think what really excited me about it was that because I worked, I was working in a traditional finance institution at the time and we can like get to it. Yeah. There was so much pushback from people in the company that I worked for oh, interesting. and yeah. in the industry that I worked for. And f- for me, like, I mean, I grew up listening to the Sex Pistols and the Clash from when I was like five years wow, old. Like I was right. listening to the punk music. So okay. for me, like it, it aligns with my personality where I'm like, oh, this is like, Rebel, this right. is rebellious. Yeah. yeah. Like I want to like, whatever people think you should be doing. I'm like, I want to do that. And so <laughs> I think there's definitely a part of me was like, oh, I like this kind of this fringe and I like that people don't like it. And I want to kind of lean into that. And so, Fantastic. Um, yeah, that kind of started my journey with crypto. Well, was um, that your question? Yeah, I, I guess so. That That is the question now. Yeah. We'll go back. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the interesting thing you mentioned there is that uh, you were in that traditional finance space and many of us either are still there or are yeah. moving over into the space and have come from whether marketing or whatever it was you're doing. Even car salesmen have come over yeah, and totally. stuff. But, um, you know, coming over from TradFi, like I remember being in London at an investment bank and there were those skeptics, even though one of the... Uh, the equity research analyst was mining Monero. He had his own kind of rigs and stuff, but it was still mm. very much, uh, to your point, it, there was a lot of um, kind of critiques about it. And rightfully so, even I, I was very much critical of the space. And I thought, well, look, this Bitcoin thing is going up. Um, I'll just ride the wave like everyone yeah. else. But I don't know why it is going yeah. up. And I didn't really kind of believe in it. But it took a lot more to actually really understand it. So given that you've come from TradFi, I mean, what have like what what are you seeing as like uh, what was it like for you coming over? Were you skeptical to begin with and stuff? Skeptical of crypto? Yeah, I probably should have been more skeptical. I mm. think I think there's a bit of naivety <laughs> in that. Again, like it's, yeah. that's that real piece of alignment to my personality where I was like, it's new, it's fresh. I want to try something else. There's got to there's always got to be an evolution or something. Mm. So I was like, this is just the next evolution of the internet. This is just the ex evolution of of monetary policy or or when it comes to you know currencies in its in itself so um i probably wasn't skeptical enough but what there was just this undercurrent of there was kind of these two extreme camps of and i think you would have seen them if you're in a crypto you would have seen the meme right the bell curve of like um people who are into cryptos like on one side it's Mm -hmm. like 16 year old DJs in yep. their, their parents, you know, um, uh, houses. And then on all the way on the other side, it's like these extreme, super intelligent humans that are also into it. And then everyone else in between is like completely anti it. So I probably sit on the left side, but, um, well, it's I, worked out. It's, it's worked out. It's worked <laughs> out. Yeah. For me in, in that case. But no, I wasn't skeptical. I think, that's good. I think if you've got a really open mindset and open, um, perspective on the world then anything new that comes in they're not i think the issue is with tradfi and i totally understand Mm. this perspective is that it's just one massive threat like it's just one massive threat it's not only a threat to um uh, a potential threat to economies but it's a potential threat to them as individuals like this is my job like i don't know anything else i haven't trained in anything else like naturally naturally you're gonna you know push back from it and just say it's a fad it's a phase so I, compl- I completely empathize with that. 
there's 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 no my job's going to be automated away and stuff like that like it's natural to kind of feel that way if you're in in a position like that especially coming from an industry that is you know so uh, in a way maybe less so now but back then super skeptical of the space yeah and, and i think as well like you know these these large institutions they they train you mm. and you would have had felt this they train you to look exactly like this box and if you don't fit inside that cardboard big fish little fish cardboard box mm. then you're out like you know and and you don't want to be out like you want to fit you in wanna, you want to fit in and so you can get you know if everyone in the room is saying oh, only the most intelligent people work at this company. And then it's just this little echo chamber of everyone telling each other how intelligent they are. And everything, everyone outside of us is like a, is a threat. Then like if you go into these institutions at, you know, 21 or 22, 23, like, and you grow up what and you're like, what else are you going to think? Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't blame them at all. But um, was I skeptical? No. I, I, I mean, I'm just, I think I'm wiser. I think we've all got a little bit wiser after this year. (laughs) It's funny. Like people talk about, um, oh, it's crypto so volatile and stuff. Mm. It's like, yeah, but if you, if you stretch that line out, all that volatility kind of naturally looks like what traditional markets are. So crypto is basically squashing. And like you said before, like it's dog years. We're just like Mm. pushing everything into a shorter time Mm. frame. But what happens with that? We innovate, we learn, we see what doesn't work. Totally. And so. I, th- I think the thing with crypto is that because it's 24 hours, seven mm. days a week market, um, you know, the same way that you can figure out the energy consumption of Bitcoin. And that, mm-hmm. became, that was like really, remember last year, that was like all over the press all the time. Like, well, what somebody was please think of the trees. Think of the trees. And I'm like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me? Like, Whilst they're gaming away. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> wasting the, so much energy on yeah, something else. What's the difference? Um, you know, because you can you can measure the energy consumption of Bitcoin, but because it wears it on its sleeve. But the, it's yep. this, it's the same thing with crypto because the prices you can see at any point in the time of day moving up and down. It's just it's just real time. Mm. Uh, it's a measure reaction and measure to yeah. emotions and and how the markets are going. Isn't it funny? Like being from TradFi and stuff, and you would have seen this. Like where you have earnings reports for companies, you don't know what they're doing until in the US it's uh, every three months, a quarterly yeah. basically, and a month in arrears. So you have to wait like four months just to know how they did um, over that kind of time period and stuff. Whereas here you can see it in real time. And yes, we don't have the same, crypto doesn't have the same fundamentals it doesn't have necessarily a balance sheet and things like that but like maybe that changes over time Hmm. but crypto does have fundamentals and Hmm. like you said you can Hmm. see it in real time so it is pretty interesting yeah i think the thing is as well like you can still like to the fundamentals you can still read the white papers you can understand the tokenomics of a project or um you can use but there's a lot of crossover right you can still do in you still do research on who the founders are Mm -hmm. Um, who the investors are, what their strategic plans and go-to-market strategies are. You do that when you invest in a stock. Like, you do that when you invest in an IPO. Or you should. Maybe not everyone does it. Yeah, not, not financial advice, but Obviously. please do, do your own research, guys. <laughs> of course. Like, yeah, of course. Um, it's like looking under the hood, right? Like, people will... Look, maybe some of us have just, like, bought certain things without oh, necessarily looking under the hood. we've all done it. Like, we've all done it on the hype. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like still you should look under the hood, right? 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot to lose. Uh, I think the thing when we think about adoption is that mm. that's the tricky bit, right? Um, the way I explain it sometimes is that I go, okay, crypto is a mix of both computer science and finance. Oh, and right. that's, that's those two subjects in themselves are complex. And when you put them together, mm-hmm. no wonder the barrier to entry feels so high. And no wonder the user journey <laughs> is so long from someone like yeah. hearing the word crypto to actually being onboarded to even a centralized exchange or, and then from there, which is usually the user journey to DeFi is even kind of further. Of course you don't see that more. I, I think that you've got a very good point there. And that's interesting because if you look at someone who buys just like stocks, they go, oh, what is, oh it's Colgate. Okay, great. Colgate. I brush my teeth with it and mm-hmm. stuff and whatever else they, they do. I'm sure mm-hmm. they do other stuff. Um, great. They're very easy. Like I'm buying a share of that company. Whereas yeah. here it's like, oh, well, what does that thing do? Like yeah. how does it provide utility? And like yeah. my mate didn't tell me this is a good thing to buy and stuff. So yeah. like we're, because I think, crypto related blockchain company projects are not yet fully mainstream i think there is that longer bow to draw for people to get that connection there's more more to learn like Mm. to trust to understand like why they should be you know in this space but just just on that i think it's interesting seeing that there's a lot more mainstream coming into the space the corporates like whether we from from our space you know Mm. jp morgan morgan stanley even like rest super here um announced that they were looking into it not that they're in that space yet but there's many that are either doing something or about to come into it but like what are your thoughts on on that mainstreamness and you know does it is it going to take corporates coming into the space like that for us to become more mainstream like we had the wave of adoption from the you know the young rebellious um punk rock (laughs) listening you know people uh or the the super smart brainiacs in the room Mm. um but is the next what like if we do see more corporates as we're seeing come into the space do you think that that's going to lift us up quite a bit more or yeah what do you think about that um i probably think two things and they're probably in conflict so perfect So the first thing when I think about it from an Australian landscape, mm-hmm. and it's you know quite a hot topic at the moment, it's very, very difficult for traditional institutions in Australia to dip their toe in the water of crypto because of the lack of clarity around regulation mm. and legislation. So the honest example would be from CBA who tried to release and then um, trading and then they pulled back and they stated that there was terms because of the there wasn't clear regulation in the space. Now, uh, that's quite a common kind of question that I get from people in TradFi, like, is it an unregulated space or are you guys just working illegally? And the thing is, is that... <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely illegally. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Um, is that you abide by the Australian rules and regulation Mm -hmm. now if there is no rules for this new space then you you need to work with the regulators in order to craft that and yeah um you know that's if we if we if i put my binance hat on that is something that we've been doing and obviously we made the um the recommendations to senate around how digital asset exchanges should be um uh licensed Mm -hmm. Check out our Twitter if you want to read it. We'll post the link. It's down if, here. If you, if yeah, you, check if it you out. can't sleep and you're like, I just want to know how <laughs> we should they should be regulated. You, you heard can it read here. that paper. You heard it here. If yeah. you want to sleep better, read this and it will put Eww, you to sleep. It'll, it'll knock you out. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And so there's that side. Yeah. So, you know, anytime that you're in a traditional finance institution, trying to do anything out of the box is mm-hmm. incredibly difficult. Um, you have to understand that so many of these institutions hold large amounts of tech debt. So what happens is that... Excel, Excel 2013, <laughs> whatever it was, Vista. 2003, Vista. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. you have to understand that so much of the CapEx is going in and OpEx is going into these different um, institutions is, mm. is working more around like, you hear that term like digital transformation. Any, any bank or institution that you go to, you'll hear this term. And then in my personal opinion, then every consultant jumps on board and says, I can help you with that. And you need to pay me a lot of money. And Put that so, in your resume, folks. It'll, yeah, it'll come up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine because it's true because, you know, these institutions, the technology that they're running on is it's not five or 10 years old. It's 20 years old. It's yeah. 25. It's 30 years old. There's a really... It's scary. It's, it's scary. It, yeah, it's totally scary. And it's patch updates on top of patch updates. And this is something all, all all old institutions feel around the world. This is mm. not specific to Australia or any company that I've ever worked at. This is Absolutely. this is completely um, the same story for, for all of them. And so if you think about, okay, now I need to go in and compete and say, hey, I want to look at this space. I want to look into crypto. We mm. should get into this space. And you're going to pull budget away from them maintaining their current infrastructure and maintaining these projects trying to bring you know, everyone into this new world like mm. you have to understand that some of these companies are still trying to put data in the cloud that's crazy because as a, from a personal perspective you've been using cloud for the last 10 years i yeah. would assume so, so amazon when they were first coming in here and people were skeptical and now it's super accepted you wouldn't even think yeah. twice about not going with aws it would obviously be um your choice so so it's very hard internally to try and get traction mm. and then on top of that you need to then make the business case and then think about all the risks that are involved. And right now there's just, yeah. it feels like there's a lot of risk because there's not a lot of clarity. And when there's not a lot of clarity, that's going to cost you a lot in legal. And so if you kind of think, well, is it really worth it? Now, when does it become worth it for an institution? Mm. That kind of goes to my second point is that I truly believe that a, a lot of the times institutions will only make decisions when there is enough push from either their shareholders or particularly Um, or from the consumer. Mm. So if there's enough demand from the consumer, then they go, great, we can make money. The shareholders go, I want to make money because that's lovely because then that makes me money and then they'll do it. So there needs to be this kind of, this this balancing act between working with regulators, making it easier for Mm -hmm. this industry, you know, making the landscape or environment um, fertile for these, these, I like that, fertile for these projects to come in. Yep. Um, and then we need to onboard more retail basically absolutely and i think there's a lot of um kind of parallels with the stuff that we see and not centralized there with that but you mentioned there that um you know that there's the on the regulation side it's interesting because some people think that oh because there's no crypto regulation that there is zero regulation. This is like a wild west. And it's like, yeah, it's a wild west if you lose your money and stuff and there's no recourse necessarily for you or you get scanned. 
we don't necessarily have those protections, but it's not to say that we're not regular. And we're seeing it now with ASIC here locally, as well as like mm. the SEC, ch- SEC chasing after um, DAOs, mm. Uki DAO, or ASIC going after, even though they were and are, you know, they were chasing after regulation, hold on. Um, and then also BPS Financial with COIN, Q-O-I-N. Going ASIC is has got a, a nice long list mm. and not to comment on who's been really naughty and nice and stuff because it mm. is all investigations. But the fact is that they are doing something about it and they're investigating whatever the outcomes are. They are doing something. So people thinking that, oh, I'm going to mm. be left alone. Mm. I, or I can just like set up and be, I'll be BVI based or I'll be based in Portugal. And then Portugal then goes, now we're going to legislate crypto. So what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just keep on running? Yeah. Or as you guys have mentioned, like what, you know, you guys are doing at, at Binance and what other people we see are doing, they're embracing the fact that this is happening. This yeah. is going to come. It's a new technology and it was fine to get run out there and investigate what things could be done. But we need to be serious if we're going to have more mainstream come on board. Like regulation is going to be a thing, whether we, whether people like it and many people don't, yeah. but it's just like, what other part of your life do you not have regulated? Of course. How yeah. do you catch the bus? How do you get on a plane if mm. there's no structures in place mm. that protect people? Like mm. we, this is going to happen. So it's a bit hard because, you know, this is a space that naturally brings out the libertarian yes. type folk, yeah. right? The rebellious ones, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting into this space after mm. listening to a bit of the sex and stuff but mm. i think um it's it's a good spot for us to be in being early in the space because we get to see how the re- legislation and how the moves are crafted so it's going to be interesting yeah i think the important thing to remember is that the, the the decisions and the conversations that we have now will have flown effects mm. for years and years and years to come and you know sometimes we have conversations they go nowhere but <laughs> like this one but like um you need to have a seat at the table. Absolutely. And we yeah. it's a responsibility of our industry. I don't care if you're a DeFi, CeFi, a mix of both, you work for a competitor, you you work with us. You know, all of us need to come together and help educate, which is the first and foremost the most important key. Agreed. We need to educate regulators, we need to educate uh, government bodies and the end users. Mm. Because I'm I truly believe personally that people are much smarter than you give them credit for. Provide them the resources and mm. let them make the decision. I don't care if people go, I don't like crypto, it's a fad. You can totally say that, but say that after you've read a white paper and yeah. you understand how I don't know, Ethereum works or Bitcoin works. And if you want that opinion, great, write it off. But don't write something off before you don't understand it. And this is yeah. why it goes back to the whole thing around... Well, what's your alignment of who you are as a person that comes into this space? Like, and, and I think that's from a, you know, an internal value perspective, that's why it's so attractive for me to be in crypto and to stay in crypto and to work in crypto. It's brilliant because it, you know, you, you get to bring to this space the values, the character, the morals of the person that you are. And I think if we didn't have this space, people have less options. Like, let's look mm. at the flip side. Mm. Oh, why do we even need this? Or why, do you, why, why are you even doing that? Just have it on a database. The fact is we've got, mm. A, innovation is inevitable, just like Thanos, right? Like, it is inevitable of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, you can reverse stuff or whatever. That's, that's a whole different side, but it is inevitable. But the fact is that people now have more options mm. than they've ever had before. And whilst we are still working on this technology to make it better, and yes, there are kinks to improve, 
in the space. The fact is that we are giving people options and we can do so in a really rapid way because it is like dog years. Mm. One is not one, it is seven. So mm. it's well worth thinking about, folks, if you are on the edge of the, you know, trying to get into the space. Mm. Um, but on that area of improvement, I mean, we haven't, as uh, crypto, Web3, DeFi, overall, NFTs, etc., hasn't done itself many favors to endear itself to the public because it's been all about shilling and the bags and trying to get that quick buck and stuff. And now that that's kind of been getting out there, we are seeing more serious kind of projects. But just given that we have areas to improve, do you have like, uh, can you pick something out of your bag and go, well, here's something that I personally, this is not a Binance thing necessarily, Mm. like that you see in the space that you would like to improve and like what is that and how would you go about doing it? I mean, it's not an original thought by any means, but the, the user experience of, especially mm. in DeFi, it's mm-hmm. incredibly confusing. You know, anyone that's tried to transfer assets to say MetaMask, it isn't Ethereum, yeah. you know, you need to set up your wallet so you can accept it. And then if you want to go on a DEX and <laughs> float around from there and then, yeah, transfer it to, you know, and stake it somewhere else. It, it could take a while the first time. Yeah. But I know for me, like personally, it, it took me, you know, a couple hour, of Google searches, a couple of Google searches, and um, trying to figure out what the F I was doing. But so that's not fixed. But I'm totally that's I'm totally okay with that because yeah. any time that there's this friction of a user experience, it goes in my mind. I'm like, great, that is an opportunity to fix it. And then for another business to evolve from it mm. and then for the industry to mature and then for someone else to make money, you know, or make an impact or both. So I think, you know, like Mark Anderson was on the, the Bankless podcast and I would recommend yeah. after finishing this one, obviously, going and listening to it. And he's, he speaks very eloquently about the similarities between web one and web three. And, you know, in those use cases, think about when the web first kind of came into more commercial perspective is, you know, around that kind of mid nineties. And there's Mm. kind of lots of, you know, problems along the way. Massive. We think about when we started using computers 20 years ago. Ish. 20 years. Yeah. 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 You know, from there, um, think of how much it's evolved and, you know, now we have supercomputers in our pockets, basically. Kids don't even know what dial-up sounded like. Yeah. You know? Like, when, yeah. yeah. I mean, look it up. We're on YouTube yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Look it up, folks. But, like, dial-up yeah. was a thing. And music, like, took forever to download. There's so many things we take for granted right now. I remember, like, <laughs> what is it, like a watch torrent never downloads? It was, yeah. like, this saying, so you like... You go on LimeWire and you just wait overnight for like one song or a You get to 99% or know. like in the morning it's stuck at like 98, whatever it is, like, and you don't seeding. get it. I'm like, I won't try to download. Or you probably get Rickrolled. You download one thing, but it becomes, it's actually something else. A virus, obviously. But like, yeah. So, and, you know, there's, there's heaps of user experience problems. It's, it's a complex mm. space to get into mm. that needs to be resolved. Onboarding people, that needs to be resolved. Getting people comfortable with being their own custodian or what it means not to be custodian, um, that, that needs to, to be explained and understood. But all these things are all opportunities uh, yeah. for, for 
even TradFi to come into the space and fix those problems. Absolutely. The same yeah. way that you know traditional finance helped people do all their financing online and got kind of used to that space, and now you'd never it go into a. Took a little while, it but took it got a long there. time. And even then, even people that weren't like my parents now use online like, yeah. banking, and they would never have touched that stuff before because it's yeah. like it felt unsafe. unsafe and look at where we are now. It, yeah. You know, and so this takes time, it takes energy, and it mm-hmm. takes passion. But there's just a million opportunities out there. It's interesting you, you were talking about the analogies and stuff there, and um, how you know the early internet and stuff there's i don't know if you've seen um but on netflix there's a good uh, show called the playlist and it's about how spotify came about and the parallels between what we've got now so we had the pirate bay and napster yeah. and kazar and all that and i'm spewing out names that people are like what the heck well you know look it up it's in the history mm. books but you 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 can still get the pirate bay it is still out there so that's almost like defi Mm. And then Spotify is almost like this regulated version of DeFi. Mm. And when I say regulated loosely and stuff, whatever, you know, way it kind of moves forward. But back then when there was no Spotify, all you had was actually buying CDs, which is say like TradFi and stuff like that, or illegally downloading music and stuff. Mm. And it was being chased after and these people would run, they'd move the servers around. Mm. But when Spotify came out, it was like this middle ground kind of offering. And Mm. I feel like that potentially is a way where we are heading, mm. where in the future you will still have the proper DeFi, aka mm. the Pirate Bay, and we will have something like a Spotify for various kind of industries. Yeah. So, I think what is the the, the term they use? CDFi, you know. Oh my gosh, I, that's another one. Yeah. I think I would also just like to say on the record, <laughs> Your Honor, is I'm I'm not smart enough to even think that I can predict what's going to happen in this space. And I think anyone mm. who goes out there and says this is what's going to happen and why on these long, long time frames is, I don't know, I'm a bit sceptical. Yeah. If I think about all, you know, think of the everything that came out of NFT summer, DeFi summer, and then gaming as well. Yeah. You know, if I looked back in 2017, there's no way I could have predicted any of that. No, it's, it's super difficult. Anyone with a crystal ball, it's... Either you're going to, like, even someone that is wrong yeah, all the time is right at least. Like, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Yeah. If you're just shouting from your book and you're yeah. constantly calling for this place to fall, yeah, you could be right. I'm a, I'm a, this is a bit random, but I'm a big fan of, like, the inverse Kramer. Um, the inverse? Oh, okay. Uh, like, like Jim Kramer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking Seinfeld. Oh, no, no, you yeah. totally were. ETF, <laughs> so he's the guy in the US that, like, spits out. Um, like stock advice, I buy this, sell yeah. this, and he's almost sell, sell, sell. Yeah, yeah, almost to the T. Always gets it wrong, and so now people are pushing for an ETF to oh follow the opposite of him and invest from there. It's like the short arc. So people that were against Arc um, Invest, yeah, yeah, Kathy Wood and stuff, they had a short version of that because it was totally that kind of thesis. They probably These, have done all right this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the contrarian kind of signals yeah. and stuff. But you've got to look at things over a certain time period, like speaking of that kind of stuff, like people t- talking about, oh, well, the S&P has done better in terms of the correlation um, or the Sortino or the Sharpe ratio versus Bitcoin. But when they're looking at it, they're mm-hmm. looking at it over a period where it doesn't work and over a longer period, it's different. So it's always no the lens. No one uses Sharpe ratio in yeah. traditional finance yeah. anyway. You just get taught that in your undergrad. Sorry to bust everyone's bubble, but there's heaps of stuff that you'll learn. Like, 
you study finance and economics. Yeah. Yeah. Sortino is much better yeah. and there's much other better yeah. ways of actually looking yeah. at things. It's, it's one measure yeah. and it doesn't really, yeah, anyway. Well, anyway. So, you know, we'll, we'll do the lesson on TradFi and stuff yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. later. That is coming next. But um, if you can just tell the, the guests about like, because you've been doing like some of these monthly updates and you're doing more writing and yeah. like there's the, um, is it on your own? Is it Binance YouTube or is it on the website? Like where, where do people see these like updates? Yeah. So it's, it's an evolution. I'll, I'll bring you behind the curtain. Ooh. Um, so everything will go on Binance Australia YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so I actually started writing the market updates beginning of this year. And I tried to position it between like um, someone who had above general knowledge of crypto, mm-hmm. but then below kind of insto level. Because okay. if you were insto, you would be going to Delphi or Masari or so yeah. forth. So I kind of wanted something in between. And I started writing them. And then a couple of months into doing it, my marketing team said, Karis, they're really boring and no one's reading them. And I was like, okay, fair. Well, fair. <laughs> You could have just said. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I like, and so I was like, okay, this isn't working. I'm actually speaking to this wrong audience. And yeah. I actually started testing it with my sister-in-law and my brother. And, okay. and they're like. Are they into the space? They are not. So perfect. Okay. they were this perfect testing case. And they're like, Karis, we don't get it. And so I was like, okay, fuck. I'm going to have to like redo this. Oh so, my gosh. Um, as of last month or because we do, I'll do them in a month in arrear is trying to keep it much shorter, um, keep it punchier, um, and keep it at a level where anyone can really understand it. So more, more to retail. So I think for, for, for me personally, Mm. again, I'm jumping around a little bit. Whilst I started in, in investing into crypto because I kind of wanted to make money, I actually started my career before that in financial advising Mm. and in financial advising, you get to you get to provide portfolio construction advice and you know, insurance and estate planning and all that stuff. But really what you get to do is, is help people uh, be financially secure. And that's a really amazing, beautiful feeling. Um, and for someone who, you know, grew up in a household where, I mean, so many people had it worse than me, but you know, like my parents didn't buy a house till I was about 12 or 13. So we were in government housing before that. Mm. And money was always a a, a topic. Mm. Like it was always a topic, you know, I started working at 14 and nine months because that was the legal age I could start working. I didn't even- 15 here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What are you doing for the first three months? Um, (laughs) You know, I even remember like all all my friends were going to levers and like you come in Karis, I'm like, I can't afford it. How or your mates that go to the snow and oh. you come back from school holiday. Like, and, now, yeah. and now, like, I think about, like, I've just moved to Sydney and I live in, like, Vaucluse, which is just stunning. And the amount of wealth that is around, yep. which is staggering. I think, oh, my gosh. If, if For me, I almost feel like crypto is like, okay, um, I don't come from money. <laughs> yep. It's just me. I don't have a family trust. I don't have someone who's going to come and save me. <laughs> you know, it's just me. So, and I'm sure other people feel the same way. Like crypto could be our next wave of generational wealth. And, and that's what we're looking for. And that's that security. So how do I, how do we do that? Well, we have to one, understand the space and then invest accordingly. And so I think when I think about, um, you know, this, this whole kind of 
crypto space, it's, it, it, comes, it comes down to that as a person of, okay, how can I teach more people about crypto so that hopefully they can increase their financial literacy? Yeah. Because again, I truly believe people are much smarter than you give them credit to. Give them the education, let them make those decisions because from there, some really incredible things could happen. And in just one generation, your whole world can completely change. I think that's absolutely spot on because <laughs> the the way that this space works, and I'm coming into it from a data-related angle, even though I have been TradFi and finance, I've always been on the data side, even in research or even if it has been on um, the, the platform and fi- um, the financial metric side of things. It's always been from that data side and it's the eye-opening. And many people need this. You need in whatever context you're working, what is your aha moment? Like what podcast, what YouTube? Mm. It might be this, <laughs> right? This uh-huh. might be your aha oh moment. Oh my God, I hope not. You might, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope so personally. And so I, I think that, you know, there, there are going to be people out there listening they will have those aha moments and whether it's like, oh my God, there's so much more real-time data here. Oh my gosh, I can see how the future of this industry mm. is going to be transformed by blockchain projects that are focusing on this. So I'm going to look out for those. And it's like, it's this opportunity that if you could go back and realize where Apple or where, yeah. you know, these big companies were going to head to, you would take that opportunity. Mm. You'd take that chance if you could, mm. you know, do that for yourself. So we are at another kind of wave where, this is like almost like a once in a lifetime opportunity to get involved in that next wave of whatever. And people are, you know, calling it web three and, you know, the read versus mm. write and now read, write, own. People are talking about it that way. So I think it's important for people to definitely look into it. So um, on that note, like where can people uh, reach out to you, get in touch yeah. if they want to learn more about Binance and what you're up to and stuff like yeah. that? Where do you recommend? Um, I think Twitter, Twitter is probably the easiest. So it's just Karis underscore Campbell because I started my down. Twitter in 2009 when it kind of wasn't really that cool. So wow. underscores were like still cool then and yep. now they're really not. Now so we have dot ETHs. Now yeah. we're like dot ETHs <laughs> and stuff. But um, yeah, at least that's OG. Um, if you don't like Twitter, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I work in the city most of the time. I love meeting with people. So just hit me up. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, look, people, you definitely need to reach out because she is now in Sydney and I'm sure you'll be traveling more and more yes. and more. Mm-hmm. So um, just reach out and tear up a coffee and uh, check out uh, all the links that we've got in the yeah. show notes below. Yeah. And yeah, feel free to reach out to any of us and um, watch out for more of these. So thank you, Karis, for your time. No worries. We'll talk more soon. Thanks.